Shalom Aleichem, this is Rabbi Komex in Mishnah Yomi. Today is finishing Megillah and beginning Bezrat Hashem, Moed Katan. We are pre-recording because tonight is Shabbos and the first day of Sukkot. We are holding in Chapter 4 of Megillah, Mishnah Yud. Maasei Ruven, the events of Ruven. Nikra Velomitargim, we read it in public, but we don't have the translator translated into Aramaic. People might get the wrong impression. Now, the incident we're talking about is in Genesis chapter 35, verse 22, and it says that Reuven went and bedded Bilha, the concubine of his father, and his father, Yaakov Israel, heard. Now, the simple meaning of that is, of course, shocking and uh, very bad, but really what's going on here, as the Pasuk includes, Yaakov the sons of Yaakov were 12, meaning Reuven didn't do anything to be liable, a death penalty or excommunication, as you might have thought from the simple meaning of the verse, he did something very serious. What happened was after Rachel passed away, Yaakov Avinu moved his bed, his primary place of residence in with Bilha, the concubine who Rachel had given him instead of Leah, his first wife. This was offensive to Ruvain. He felt that the honor of his mother Leah had been impinged and he went and actually picked up his father's bed and moved the bed. There was there was no one in it at the time, but he moved the bed as a sign of his displeasure with, with what his father had done, and a child should never be involved in the intimate matters, the choices of his parents. It was completely uh, unseemly, but it wasn't what the verse might, uh, might make one assume with a simple reading, so that's why we don't translate it. The Mishnah adds, Ma'ase Tamar Nikra Umitargim, the story of Tamar, uh, her half-brother Amnon uh, came to violate Tamar, they were both children of King David. This we do read, even though it's very embarrassing. One of the interesting things is that Tamar was the daughter of a Eshes Yafis Tor, a non-Jewish woman who was married on the battlefield in one of those interesting uh, battlefield conversions. So there are halachic opinions that since uh, Tamar might have been the result of that, she wasn't technically halachically related to Amnon, and they could theoretically have been married, as Tamar seems to imply during that exchange, even though they were, yes, both biologically children of King David. Mishnah goes on, Masay Egel Harishon, the first discussion of the Egel Azahav, the golden calf, Nikra Umitargem, we read it and translate it for everyone to understand. It should be a kapara, we should avoid any hints of idolatry or letting other people come to idolatry. Hasheni, the second discussion between Moses and Aharon, Nikra Umitargem, we read it, but we don't translate it into Aramaic. It seems embarrassing for Aharon Cohen. it seems to blame him, even though he was really forced by the Eruv Rav, the uh, mixed multitude that was really interested in Avodazar was threatening to kill him. Birkat Kohanim, the famous priestly benediction. Maasei David Amnon and the event of David and Amnon, lo nekroin of lo metargamin. So first of all, this Maasei Amnon, Tabar and Amnon, we already said we do read that. So what we don't actually read is the verses that say Amnon was the son of King David. That's very embarrassing for King David, even though the whole story we do read, it has some practical lessons in Al-Chot. Birkat Kohanim, the issue here is it says that Hashem shows favoritism. Yisaw Hashem panav elecha ve'asem ha'shalom. Yisaw panav really literally means shows favoritism. So we don't want people to accuse God of playing favorites. Now, actually, there's a Gemara in Brachas 20b that says Hashem, God, does play favorites, but there's a reason for that. 
Now, the Talmud there in Brachot is discussing, do we bench, say, Birkata Mazon, the grace after meals on an olive's bulk, a kezayis or a kebetza, an egg's bulk, is the discussion there. And then the angels, we bring a story that the angels came to Hashem and they say, how is it, Hashem, in your Torah, it says that you don't show any favorites, you don't take any bribes, but it also says by the priestly blessing, you saw Hashem that you do show favoritism. How could it be? So Hashem says, how can I not show favoritism to Am Yisrael. I wrote for them in the Torah, when you eat and you're full, you're satisfied, then you have to bless. Then you have to say the benching, the grace after meals. But they do it, even if they only ate an olive or only an egg size of bread, they bench anyway. The idea being when the Jewish people go above and beyond to thank and honor God, how can God not go above and beyond to show favoritism and grant peace to Am Yisrael? Now the Mishnah adds, Ein maftirin ba We don't have a haftarah of the Maisei Merkava. Merkava means the chariot, and it's the famous vision of Ezekiel, Yechezkel. Chapter 1 of Yechezkel talks about him going up to heaven and seeing this, this sort of, uh, this this outline of how heaven and the angels and the chariot works. He says, we don't do that. Yehuda Matar, Yehuda does allow doing that. The idea being there's a lot of, you know, Kabbalistic secrets and deep things going on, non-literal esoteric uh, chariots flying around. And really, uh, that that's a great topic for the Mikubalim, but for everyone else, as the Rambam writes, you know, stick to the, the meat and the bread and the wine and the, the basics of the Torah and don't get too involved in the esoteric concepts. So it's interesting. We do read Yechezkel on Shavuot morning when everyone stayed up all night learning Torah and everyone's too exhausted to try to look into the esoteric concepts anyway. So we sort of, uh, we have it both ways. We get to read Yechezkel, but everyone's too tired to really be paying attention anyway after learning all night. So it's okay. Finally, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Eliezer says, Ein maftirin hoda et Yerushalayim. We don't have Yechezkel chapter 16 as a haftarah because it has some verses there that are very disgra- disgraceful to the Yichos comparing uh, Am Yisrael to, to pagans. So it's not great. Mazel Tov and on to chapter 1 of Moed Katan. Now, Moed Katan means small holiday and it refers to the intermediate days, the middle days between the first and last days of the holiday, which are an actual full-fledged Yom Tov. So we're going to have this this coming week. So during these intermediate days, it's still part of the holiday. So really, malacha work, creative work, should be forbidden, but there are certain exceptions. You know, For instance, we do drive to shul during Chola Moed, but we don't really want to go into the office or be planting crops if we don't have to. But Moed Katan is going to get into what are the parameters of what we do and we don't do during Cholamoid. So Mishalov teaches Mashkin Beta Shlachin. You can water an irrigated field, a field that needs to be irrigated, it will dry up. Bemoed during Cholamoid, Ubashvit, and during the sabbatical year. Now it's forbidden to plant and to harvest commercially during the sabbatical year, but watering is only a rabbinical prohibition there. So if something would dry up or die, then it was allowed on Shvit. The Mishnah explains whether it's a brand new well or a well-established well. The danger by a new well being that the banks of the irrigation channels or the well might collapse and someone might grab the shovel and try to dig and it's a tircha yaseira. It's an extra exertion that we don't want to allow during Cholomotiv to balance the ability to do some level of, of agricultural work to avoid loss 
with the fact we don't want people doing too much work and getting carried away during Cholamoed and lose a whole day when they could have been taking the kids to the amusement park. The Mishnah continues, We don't gather puddles of rainwater, that's a big schlep, or water from a deep well where you need to lower a bucket and it's a schlep to get it up. We, we, just, we want uh, you know, readily available water. We don't make cookies. Ugyot in modern Hebrew is cookies. Cookie monster is Ugi Fletzet, a combination of Ugi, cookie, and Fletzet from Mifletzet from monster. So Ugiot is, they're in the shape of cookies, but these are actually irrigation ditches. So they would have sort of a indentation in the ground around the base of the vine. So you'd pour in water and the water would sit there and soak into the grapevine. But that involves a lot of digging, so we don't allow that in whole Hamoid. Wonderful. Mazel tov, good Shabbos, good Yantov, and be well.